What's up, people? Welcome back to Respect the Grind. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Today, we got special guest Zach Ullman on the podcast. And Zach is one of these guys that is an entrepreneur that's created the life I think most people want, you know, where you can travel and you can be all into your hobbies, where you have different ways to fund your lifestyle and you can just enjoy the world. And I really wanted to bring Zach on so we could talk about this. I went through his profile and I just saw so many different things that he talked about. And I think that's what most entrepreneurs are into these days. That's what an entrepreneur is now. Zach, welcome to the Thanks show. Thanks for having me, Chris. So with funding a lifestyle through a business, like from your perspective, where does that start? What's the beginning point? Because I think that's what most people want today. If you ask the average person today, I don't even think age even matters at this point. I think everybody wants to kind of have like a very unique lifestyle that's just set up just for them. I would, I would, so I've done, I've been a student. I'm 38 years old and I've been in the coaching, you know, I went to college and yada, 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 but I've been in the coaching world for 15, 20 years. And so I've been on, you know, the, the, the coach and the student, I've been coaching for about 15 years. And every time I think I have it figured out, it's like, oh, I just don't put my thumb on it. And this is what I've learned is most people don't have a vision big enough to create a business around. And so I spent mm. years trying to help people make money. I spent years you know, a decade plus trying to solve that question of how do I make X amount of dollars, whatever it is. And what I was missing was most people, I would say 98% of people don't even have a vision, a future, a life to fund their goals, their vision, their purpose, whatever you want to call it. Sounds something like this. I want to make money to quit my job. I want $10,000 a month. <laughs> yeah. I want to do what I want when I want, how I want that doesn't cut the mustard. And so if that, we have to take it a step before that. And I am huge on helping people create visions because if the vision's big enough, the rest will figure its way out. The reason people have a hard time with making money is because they have some generic goal. Like I want to quit my job and do what I want when I want. And it's a, it's a myth. This, this yeah. world of entrepreneurship, as you know, Chris, it's like you, we work more. Our, my life is my work, right? right? I'm working 24 seven. If I'm up my mind, it, but the difference is, is I love what I do. And so I think that's the big difference right there is, is when I'm trying to tell people about creating a life, it's really hard to get across to most people because like you said, the vision part, they just can't fathom the bigger picture of right. it. You know, it's like a lot of people are, good but it's like a small vision a small purview like and i look at it from a time perspective too i have my vision set up for like five ten years right. i'm not even thinking just a year but when i ask some people like what's the goal for the next three years five years ten years like what are you working towards what's the big big right. thing i rarely get an answer where i'm like okay that makes sense usually I don't get a really sophisticated answer. Right, it's not in most, that, that's welcome to 98 to 99% of the world. And guess what? I was, I used to be one of those people until I hired a coach and, you know, sort of the progression of Zach was, I just want to quit my job. 
oh my god i just i i just want to quit well first off it was i just want to get a great job right i just want to get a great <laughs> job and then i got the great job and then it's like oh i just want to get out of this job because it wasn't what i thought it was and then it was okay i just want to make some money and then it, you know it just kept progressing and progressing but since the age of 16 to 17 years old i had three goals and it was make money travel the world and help people and so i've made millions of dollars i've helped thousands of individuals and I started traveling about three and a half, four, four years ago. I'm you know, coming live from Medellin, Colombia right now. And we've done 20 plus countries in three and a half years, full time, you know, wow. digital nomad style. And I was sitting in Dominican Republic depressed. And my coach is like, what's going on? I'm like, well, he's like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I've got the money. I've got the helping people. I've got the travel. And she goes, oh, you quit creating. Right. And so the, the self-fulfillment comes from the work and I'm just, I, I will, I will work the rest of my life because I've had the, the proverbial time off on the beach and it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but it is not self-fulfilling self-gratification, self-fulfillment comes from going and doing something hard, like going to the gym, right? Accomplishing a yeah. goal. And then you look back and you go, look at what I just did. Let, let me take the weekend off. I've earned it, right? And so when you're talking about the vision and stuff, I want to ask you your perspective on this. What do you kind of feel when you hear somebody say, follow your passion? Uh, honestly, most of the time, it's a canned response. It's, it's some BS that they read in a book. Yeah. There's no self-discovery there, right? And so I tell people, I say, master oneself then you can help other people master themselves. And so there's so many people that are afraid to look within because it's ugly, it's nasty, it's scary, it's you see stuff you don't want to see, but there's no other way to do it, right? And so yeah, it's you, true. You know, when I when I hear, you know, these slogan phrases of uh follow your passion, you know, unless it's coming from a dude that's following his or dude dudette, whatever, you know, a person that is following their passion, that is living that, that is the example of their coaching. My argument is it's a canned response. It's not a self-discovered response. Oh, so are you saying that it's not possible to follow your passion unless you have some kind of instruction to kind of follow that path? Is that something that's like mandatory from your perspective? Uh, say it in a different way because I don't understand the question. So we hear people say, follow your passion all the time. Right. And I think when I hear that, I'm not a fan of it because I think it puts people in this mindset of, well, I can just do whatever I want to and life will work itself. Out. <laughs> right, right. I believe like you some... should, <laughs> it's, it's not healthy. I think it just doesn't make sense. It's logically the way the world works, whether you want to blame capitalism or whatever, you need money. Bills have to be paid. That's just reality. Now, I do think there are easier ways to make money than others. I do believe that. I think when I'm hearing somebody say, follow your passion, I believe you should build skills around what you care about. That's, That's my perspective. No, it's beautiful, right? It, it, you, you hit it on. So when somebody says, follow your passion, that's like, you know, it's such a vague understroke or such yes. a broad stroke. And so you say, follow your passion. And it's like, well, I'm passionate about eating ice cream. I just love chocolate <laughs> ice cream. Me, 
would know how to monetize that. I would know. I would. I would know how to monetize it. I would say, well, let me go yeah. down to South America. Let me find some of the best cacao uh, seeds in the world, and let me, uh, you know, create a story around a brand that you know takes impoverished farmers and teaches them life lessons and brings those cocoa seeds to the United States, and then we hand do this and we artisan chocolate this and we do that and here's your ice cream it's 16 dollars yes. a scoop <laughs> <laughs> and people would pay for it too because of the brand that you built but, and that right there is an example of the skills you built right. though like you have skills to even think of right that. and so the skill of making money is is a skill set and i've i've learned that skill set i could make money out of anything you tell me what your passion yeah. is and I could do, I could, cause I I've learned it. I've had to bootstrap all my businesses. And for you guys that don't know what that means is I've had to learn how I've never taken outside capital uh, outside of real estate. Obviously we do a lot of real estate. We do we, all of that is almost outside capital, but for my businesses, I've made money and then I reinvested it back in. I made money. I reinvested it back in. I made money. I reinvested it back in. And the number one thing that no one talks about or very few people talk about is there's only one way to make money. And I've gone wrong and I, I, I will, I will sit on the other side of and argue this point to anyone. And there's the only way to make money is to sell something. I love you that. Sell something. I've tried, I've tried it. I've tried every other way to make money <laughs> and I, I sell something. The question is, what are you selling? And so I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care what your product is. I like none of that has, any relevancy in this skill set called making money other than how are you going to sell who's buying what's your price what's the numbers because once you understand the the complex conversation of making money it's different for everybody it's different everywhere but it's also the same right it's sort of you know and so it's like this nuance and it's a dance but it's it's there's a lot that goes into it, but once you see it and once you taste it, oh my God, I can go anywhere yeah. and make any money out of anything, right? And, but it's an art. It's definitely an art. It's not a science. And that's what people are lacking. And so they get the generalized coaching of follow your passion. And, but, but follow your passion. But before you follow, learn how to make money. And you learn how to make money by following the tutelage and mentorship of somebody that has made money. Right. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like following other people is just looking at the skills they had and the skills they have and what they built. I think there are basic skills that if you want to be an entrepreneur in 2024, you have to know. What, what do you think those like are? You have to know. I think just a few are things like sales, oh, yeah. just simple sales, whether it is. Uh, and obviously I think there are layers to sales. Like there's direct selling, there's like one to many, there's email marketing and sales. Like I, I like to separate those. I think if you learn one good sales process, you can dominate that. Like it, for me, I haven't made a bunch of money through email marketing. I'm still learning right. that, but I'm good at direct selling. I've sold at events. I've sold at workshops and stuff. I, had dms from people on social media where i sell so if i sit down with a person one-to-one -one on the sales call i know how to close the deal right. if you learn one way to sell i think you can be fine oh, totally. then you learned one way to market and you just keep stacking on that 
And for me, I like to put a time on, on this show, we call it the grind phase. I think your first, you need to have like a two or three year run where you're just building skills, oh, relentlessly building that's exactly skills. exactly what I did, dude. It was like, I spent more than two years. And so I was, <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't have, I, uh, let me rephrase that. We all have mentors. Everyone has a mentor, whether you believe it or not. It's the people that surround your, you, you, yourself with that are giving you direction in life. And my mentors, when I first started off, was my mom and, you know, my fellow, you know, I was kids growing up on the farm. And they're like, go to school. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to school. And I, I hated high school. I, they, they put, I remember I, I, I passed uh, my middle school um, math class with like a 38% because I was such a, I was such a, a troubled kid. They didn't, no one <laughs> wanted to deal with me, right? I, I think entrepreneurs just don't fit in like school is easy for me, but I still didn't like it. But I don't think I just don't think if you're a real entrepreneur, you're going to like school. I don't think that they align well because the structure is just too well, it, it's, it's it's not it's too rigid. I, I'm I'm self-expressed. I'm Zach Ullman. I'm not who you want to make me be. And so it was very. Yes. But then I went to college and I sort of put that to the side. I was like, all right, I'm going to put Zach Ullman to the side because I want to make money and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, turn myself into this person that society wants called. Uh, and then I became really great at finance, uh, became a published author, six figure salary, you know, working for one of the best companies in the world, taking on the hardest jobs. And I absolutely hated it. It was the most depressing time in my life. And I was this socially awkward young man, 26, 27 years old. I was afraid of the world. I, I, Every time I talked to somebody, I'd break. I, I didn't even talk to them. I remember I I would pull out my cell phone and act like I was busy just so I wouldn't have a social conversation because I didn't know how to interact with people. Wow. It was and I break out in a sweat and and so I had the the, the skill set that I had to gain myself in was I was pro at finance, but I sucked at social skills. And so I just mm. I I took a personal development course. I hired a coach. I read book after book after. I just consumed myself in this world of personal development because i never heard about it before and so uh i and then i went to i joined a program called landmark uh it was it's a very advanced conversation and i spent i would drive fr uh, uh from northwest indiana to chicago uh, I, I spent four years in it and i just developing i'd take the next course wow. and the next course and the next course who am i understanding oneself what's my limitations what holds me back what am i afraid of why do i act that way why do i do that why am i this why am i that self-discovery and then i started being able to talk to people right and then i started be to being able to sell but not sell like i used to think it was like the slight slimy uh used car salesman the best sales oh, class yeah. i've ever taken was it it's called the communications course it was on listening because if you're a keen listener, you can hear past the words. You can hear the desires. You can hear the concerns. You can hear what people really want. And then you can address that. And then you can articulate what they're really trying to say. Because most people aren't emotional. They don't have the emotional intelligence to articulate what they want to say. So you get to recreate yeah. them. And then they feel heard. And if you can have somebody feel heard, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're definitely they're going to buy from you. And I love how you keep going back to coaching, because I think that's a huge part of the grind phase yeah. is investing. I think every entrepreneur should have a budget yearly for coaching, right. consulting, 
for the courses, for the workshops, the events, because if you are serious about entrepreneurship and you have, because most of us have the bigger goals, we want to make $10 million. We want to have the company worth X million, whatever it is to get there. There's a gap between there and where you are now. And to close that gap, you can either walk the trail alone or you can hire a coach. And I consider that to be like hitchhiking. Like you just get in the car with somebody else that's going, they are, they've already been to where you're trying to go and they're just going to help you get there faster. Right. But what do you think about the bad rap that the coaching industry gets? I, it's a love hate relationship. And what I mean by that is I love, I love coaching people. I also love being coached. I have a coach. I meet, I met with my coach this morning, every Tuesday, Friday, 30 minutes. It's, you know, uh, been doing that for 15 years coaching. Uh, I'm always in a program. We're going to get ready. Like I probably two to three times a year, we do a big, like, you know, week, three, five days, seven day, whatever. Um, just to, to keep advancing myself. I think most coaches devalue the context coach. And what I mean by that is I see these coaches and, and, you know, and, and, and here it's, it's, um, I got to be careful how I say it. And so, you know, I'm going to preface this with, I love the, the mindset of it. I was like, yeah, just go be somebody and help somebody. So the, you know, they have right. And the challenges is like, this lady comes to my mind. She's like, yeah, I'm a life coach. I was like, well, tell me about your life. She goes, well, I live at home with my parents. I'm bankrupt. I have no money. Like, my life is a wreck, but I'm going to change it because I'm going to become a coach and I'm going to make some money and I'm going to help people. And I think that's reckless. I think it's absolutely reckless because they're coaching people from the baseline of what they know and where they're at in their life. And so yeah. whoever they're yeah. coaching, they're going to guide them to their key. They're teaching them the principles. They're teaching them the, uh, the way of being, they're teaching them all of those things that got them to being bankrupt, living at home, no money, you know, not healthy, whatever it is. And so I think it's reckless and I don't have a solution to it other than if you're hiring a coach, be really good at interviewing your coaches, asking them how much money you got in the bank. Yeah. What have you accomplished? What are you up to? Do you have a coach? If my coach does not have a coach, I will not hire them. Cause they're well, and to some people that sounds crazy. I've I've seen I see these videos and they're honestly hilarious where people they make fun of the coaches that coach coaches that coach coaches, and it's like this never ending cycle. Yeah. And I think for the average person, it's hard to grasp what having a coach is. Cause if we think about what it is for the average person, they go to high school, they may go to college. And after that, they run their life. They go and get a job and they don't have anybody else that's kind of in their circle for, you know, mentorship or guidance or help to help them. And they don't have any bigger picture thing that they want. So from their perspective, coaching is unnecessary oh, yeah. because they think about their daily life of going to their job or going to spend time with their family during the holidays and all of that stuff. And they're like, why would I need a coach to do any of this stuff? So I actually don't even get mad at those people. I, I understand because it's like, it's just not for you them. You can't because you know? they don't even know. And so I, they, they, there, there's, I've been through so much coaching and trust me, I, I, 
I've developed this mindset and this vision over 20 years, right? It's not, I, it isn't like I just born this way, but what I've seen is, you know, and the best way to try to explain this is there's a couple of analogies I use. The first one is, have you ever seen the back of your head? Show me one person that has actually seen the real back of their head. Not one person. I can see the back of your head. You can see the back of my head. That is what we call the training that I've been through is called blind spots. And I'm like, oh, hey, Chris, you, uh, I see the way you talked to that client over there. Um, you know, you said this and it made the client do this. Consider saying this or acting like that, right? Yes. But you can't see that because you're in it. You're in the proverbial fishbowl. I'm looking at you in the fishbowl. Yes, yes. And that I think that's so valuable if you're trying to build a better life. Oh, totally. And this is another thing. When it comes to the passion thing, entrepreneurship and stuff, I don't know. I used to believe that everybody could be an entrepreneur, but I've spent so much time interviewing and talking to different people that want to be entrepreneurs or that call themselves entrepreneurs. And I don't know. I, I don't fully believe that everybody can be an entrepreneur. I'm starting to believe that it's only five to 8% of society that can do it. And then only like three to 5% actually do it. Like it's a very small group of people. I think first off, we have to define what is entrepreneurism to, to determine if people can or cannot be that. Because the way that I see life today and the way I, you know, I coach, um, I got a, a financial service business I, I uh, uh, do. And so I work with high functioning W2 people and founder led, yeah. uh, founder led uh, businesses. Those are the two groups of my avatars. And when I look at the characteristics of a high function W2 employee director, you know, making a half a million dollars a year. And I look at a high functioning CEO, uh, uh, founder led company, they're doing the same thing. Oh they're, yeah. They're just, they call pretty much the same lifestyle. Right. They work a lot. They manage teams. They have budgets. They have to, you know, they're these things. And so, What's the difference? The difference is title. And then for somebody that is the consultant, let, let's say, oh, I want to quit my job. I hate my life as a job, uh, blah, blah. You know, this, this story we hear, I'm going to go start my business. What are you doing? Well, I'm going to become a consultant. Well, it's, you're doing the same thing. It's a different job title. And so <laughs> I think people get caught up in context it's in, in the way that I coach people is I coach. If you are a W2 employee standing in front of me right now, I say you're a business. Your life operates as a business. You have income. It just so happens to be, it's called W2. You have expenses. They just so happen to be kids <laughs> and, and your car payment, you have assets and you have like, I'm a finance guy by trade, right? So I do financial modeling. So that's just how I see the world. And yeah. so I'm like, Oh, you're a business, Chris. What are you producing? You're producing a podcast right now. You're producing whatever it is that you produce. You're a business, right? And so we're all the same. We just have these different constraints that we put ourselves in called W2. Uh, 
different constraints we put in called entrepreneur, we different constraints we put in called business owner. If you really draw back and take the and, and take the 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 definite or the uh, the word W two employee whatever off, and you look at the roles and the responsibilities and that type of things, we're all doing the same thing. We're yeah, I, I definitely agree in terms that the actions are the same. I would say the people I even interview now or like some of the clients I have that are in a corporate world or whatever it is that want to start a podcast or something. It's so interesting the way they talk, because I think the outcome is the big difference. Oh, help me explain what do you mean. Right. Where. So or help me understand if so. I'm talking to the business owner over here that wants to start a podcast and we do a sales call and I hear about the investment they didn't have to decide if they were ready to invest that and you know commit the time and all that stuff. Kind of the same thing with right. coaching. Whereas when I'm talking to the employee, they have to decide if the company's going to fund it and stuff. And they're more laid back and like, eh, it doesn't matter as much because they aren't paying for it out of their pocket personally. If it doesn't go well, it's just company money. So the outcomes of things are kind of where I see the biggest difference between agree. the entrepreneur and employee because if it doesn't go right and you're an employee, it's like, eh, it just didn't go right. It's okay. If you're an entrepreneur and something doesn't go right, it's like a big project or whatever, the consequences, you feel that impact like instantly. Oh, yeah. it, you can't escape that. Like when you close the computer and go lay in a bed, you feel it. So I think that right there is what a lot of people are honestly afraid of. And I don't think it's a bad well, thing. I, I, I think agree. it's smart. That's good self-awareness. No, it, it, it is because it's like, this is the way I look at it. Do I believe in myself enough to write that check to Chris? Right? Do yes. I believe in my vision enough to write that check? Do I do, and like, and it's like, oh my God, I've written, so I've, I've spent over a half a million dollars in coaching. I've, I've paid a thousand dollars an hour for coaching. Uh, you know, it was just, cause I didn't know. Now I know. And I look back and I was like, I would have done things differently. But when you're hungry, for a life to get uh, you're hungry to get out of a life and into the next world of life, whatever you want to call it. Like I'm willing to write checks for my vision and my future. And I, I, I lived in an RV yes. for a year, like in my friend's yard, I went and bought a $7,500 RV, put it in my friend's yard. I said, it's cash. If I mess this up, I got a place to sleep and I'll figure it out. But that took courage. And, you know, I was listening to, um, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of great people and they said, I think it was Be uh, Patrick Betts. David said this, he said, there's, there's a couple characteristics of successful people. One is, um, having, um, oh my gosh, it's love, uh, unconditional love, right? Mm. Unconditional love. That's interesting. Cause you're going to mess up. You're going to lose money. You're going to, you're, you're, you're going to break your word and you need to come back to a place that unconditionally loves you. And I look at me and I was like, Oh, my mom unconditionally loved me. Like I had, right. I had that, uh, unconditional love. I, cause I messed up a lot. You know, I've been, I was a kid in, in a farm country in, in, in a small farming community. There wasn't much to do other than cause trouble. Right. But my mom always loved me. The second one was there has to be some like big life altering thing for me. It was my, you know, so I was sort of, you know, I'm like, okay, do I fit this mold? Um, my dad died when I was 12. 
I'm like, okay, I take over the family farm. Okay. So I fit those two. And he's like, the third one is you have to think you're the best, like a superior. Yeah. It's not superiority complex, but it's, yeah. but it's like, it's kind of right? that it's kind of, I think it's kind of that it's like a, a, a kind of, you got to be crazy in a way to believe that you can do some of the things that we want to do. Like you have to kind of toe the line of like insanity a little bit. I think that's part oh, totally. of it. I accept that. Totally. Part. <laughs> and so he says, he just wrote this book and he says, it's about your enemies, uh, picking your enemy. And my enemy that fueled me was my high school, my middle school and high school teachers that wanted to kick me out of school because they said I was going to be a nobody. And I was just mm. like, you Every time I wanted to quit, I'm like, I'm going to show you people, right? So I had, I, I, I fit in his, in this guy. I mean, he's, he's, he just bought the New York Yankees, right? And so I was like, okay, I fit in that, right? I have those criteria, unconditional love, uh, you know, childhood trauma type stuff. And, you know, uh, an enemy that I'm going to prove wrong uh, slash, you know, I'm the best mindset. Uh, or I'm going to become the best. That's, that's the mantra I told myself. I said, I'm going to become the best at this. I'm going to become the best at this years after year. Right. I'm not going to give up. And so when you look, you know, and then, you know, I've, I've read like the Elon Musk's and the, and the, uh, app, uh, the Apple, uh, uh, Steve jobs. And those guys are just ran by their childhood. Right. Trying, trying to yeah. get out or prove themselves or whatever. But, you know, you look at back at all these great people and none of them had it easy. And so it's today. I'm grateful. I, I seek out hard things. I seek out hard things to push my, to keep my mind um, resilient, to keep my mind strong emotionally. And so that hey, I can do, yes. I'm, I'm a guy that can handle hard things. And, and so I think when we're looking at people, you know, in the world that you, you know, so how I got down this tangent was, I don't think everyone can be an entrepreneur. I, I, I don't think, uh, I, I think if they were developed in a way that bred that type of output, absolutely. I think, but I, th oh, I yeah. but I think the challenge is, is there's this beautiful saying that says, tough times create strong men, strong men create great times, great times, create weak men, weak men create tough times. Yeah. It's just a cycle. And I agree. I don't think that the person that grew up with everything super easy would even understand, you know, how to have that bigger vision right. or how to overcome things. And I, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in so many different places. Like I was really young and I got to see both sides of life in terms of like, living in the hood and Compton and Watts and stuff. Oh, wow. And like, I, I got to see the worst side of it. And then part of me in high school, I lived in, um, in like Brentwood area around Beverly Hills and around the UCLA area. So I got to see both sides of it. And it was so crazy to see at a young age, the stark differences with, like you said, your childhood, like, that was a mind blowing to me because some of the kids I was around that had just had an easy life where they just go and shop on Rodale drive. That's just normal to them. That's where they shop. That's a regular shopping like day. that, that, you know, their parents <laughs> bought them a beautiful car. And I was, I was like, at the oh, time man. I was jealous. Right. Cause I was, oh, I, 
But today I look at where they're at in their life and they're just, they're just an ordinary person living an ordinary life. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. But it's like they, none of all these kids that were supposed to be great, you know, the, the, the top of the class, the basketball team, you know, sort of the, the, the people that were supposed to be somebody, I was just this, I was this punk little loser kid that just sort of, I, you know, I, I wasn't really anybody. And, uh, but I look, you know, they were supposed to go on and be these great people, but they didn't. Like they just sort of settled. Everyone just sort of settled. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it comes to is people settle. And I was never jealous of those people. I was just always amazed because I got to see the guy that didn't have that growing up, that didn't have new clothes going to school every year. Like that was partially, that was me in a way, right? Like I wasn't given the new clothes. I remember I would burn CDs on LimeWire <laughs> and sell them to make money to buy my own clothes or my own right. basketball shoes. And that's just, that was who I was at a young age. So I kind of accepted that difference. And I think that's the biggest thing entrepreneurs can do is accept that you are different right. and just thrive in that. I don't think you're, you're doing yourself a service. You're helping yourself progress you're making life easier by trying to fit in and trying to be accepted by the masses because you just won't, you really just won't. Once you commit to I'm an entrepreneur and this is where I want to go, you got to just stay on that path and everybody's going to laugh at you and judge what you do and stuff. And that's just part of the journey. But I think that goes into your passion and skill building. Cause some people are going to look at you crazy when you tell them that you spent five grand on a coaching. Program. I spent 15 Why are you spending grand that? and I didn't, I had to borrow 10 of it from my mom. She said, no, she said, no, she said, no, she said, no. I sold. And so anybody from the Midwest knows what I'm about to say. Like, this is a sin. My dad died when I was 12. He passed down guns and knives from his grandpa or from his dad, which my grandpa. And I sold them to pay for a coaching program. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you know, people are like, they're like, are you dying? And I was like, no, I just like, well, sort of, yeah, I'm dying. On, why I'm still alive because my right? dreams are dying. Right? <laughs> That's how I felt. And so I spent that 15 grand. And I didn't tell anybody. I told a couple friends I was testing the waters, but I didn't have that conviction in myself yet. So I would just, I would drive yeah. for three years. I drove 200 miles round trip twice a week to uh, my mastermind to learn to be around people. And I just, I, I developed skills. I developed, you know, just social skills. I developed knowledge. I developed all that. And I'm just like, and here's what, you know, the conversation, right? Because I was in a car where I had to borrow money, right? And, you know, it was a car I uh, found in my friend's, not found, it was in my friend's yard. I fixed it up. I put air in the tire every day, put antifreeze in it. You know, I was like driving through Chicago heat with no air conditioning, just sweating. But I'm like, I know what the future holds if I don't get in the car. Yes. I know yes. the life I have if I don't do something. And so it was that possibility of something different. Like, well, what if they are right? What if I could have anything I wanted? What if they are right? What if they, what if there is a, a, a way out? What if I could travel the world? What if I could make 10,000, 20,000, $30,000 a month? What if like it's, it's a heck of a lot better than stay on this course and be you know, not fulfilled. And so that what if was always, always there. And trust me, I've wanted, I've, I've cried. I've, I've wanted to give up. I've, you know, 
in it, but it's always like, okay, if I give up, then the question was, this, this is like real conversations I have with myself. What does giving up look like? <laughs> like, <laughs> like? Let's say I wanted to give up. How would I do that? And, and I, don't, I don't know because I have this guiding vision and this guiding voice inside of me. And this is, you, you, you hit on this earlier, was if you're trying to be somebody else, you don't know how to be. Right. Because and, and that was I, I dealt with that for a long time because I'm like, I'm supposed to be this corporate executive. I'm supposed to be this finance guy. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. How does that person act? Because that's not how I feel inside. How I feel inside is and you feel fake. Right. You feel fake when you're trying to do that. It doesn't feel like every day you feel like, man, I'm not doing what I'm supposed. I just, it just you don't know where to go. Right. And so you, I just sort of sit there like waiting for the bus to come pick me up. Like, what, what do I do? And it wasn't until I had the courage to step into Zach Ullman and saying, this is what I'm doing. I love finance. I love motorcycles. I love adventure. I love travel. I'm going to live my life like Zach Ullman would. And I can run like heck then because I know who I am. I know what I would do. Now, it doesn't always mean it's the right step, but it's, it's a form yeah. of self-expression where I don't have to be constrained by somebody else's parameters. And so when I wake up in the morning and I'm inspired to go start a project, like the project I'm just doing, it, I call it for you and the kids. It's driving a motorcycle from the north side of Alaska to the southern tip of Argentina, the Pan American Highway. I literally was walking home from the... Uh, um, gym one day i said i need an adventure i said i'm gonna do this instantly as soon as i got home i started doing research uh i just bought a motorcycle i uh, i'm training for it i quit drinking i'm going to the gym i'm like okay i'm doing this because that is who i am i don't have to ask my boss i don't have to ask somebody else for direction i mean i of course i ask for direction but it's like i am being zach Ullman, and that is a beautiful place to be yeah, I think everybody has to find their way to get to that point. Like, I've been able to do that same thing in podcasting. And it's some days it's unbelievable at how I've been able to set it up. It feels like I cheated the system of what life. What do you mean? Help me like, understand. In a way, I, I've just been able to integrate the thing I love into every area of my okay. life easily. Okay different businesses in different ways. Like I get to meet amazing people like you and I have clients that are like this and I work with everybody I work with or interview is like five steps ahead of me. Oh yeah. So, you're so I get to learn something new. Oh my God. Like it's, it's insane. So people ask me, why do you have three shows? I'm like, cause I get to learn in three different oh, areas dude. nonstop. And it's just, I just connected with a guy that, I'm going to interview him. He works in the podcasting department at Amazon out here in Seattle. And I'm in Seattle. So it's like those kind of connections are like just fostering every single day. And I don't have to really try. I just go on LinkedIn and I'm like, hey, I'm Chris. I'd like to talk to you. And they're like, okay, let's talk. Like, but you're, like but it, you're being Chris. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm, I won't say that. I guess I'm, I shouldn't say that. I don't think everybody can be an entrepreneur. I, I say that I think now it's easier than ever to find your way to create your life. Uh -huh. But 
I think the focus is the hardest part. Like being focused, okay. I think that right there is the hardest right. thing. I mean, I dealt with it. I still deal with it. And you know, I I I, I just had a I created this. I'm a big framework guy, like mental logic frameworks. And I created this framework called Vision to Reality. Where are you? Where do you want to go? What are your skill sets? Self assessments. Uh, you know, it's like the MacGyver of of it. It's like th- show show me everything you got. Show me where you want to go. I'll use what you got to help you get where you want to go. Right. I mean, that's in, in my world of entrepreneurs, and that's like the definition of it: using what you have. And so we did this training last night, and it was uh, you know I had like 140 people, and it's just uh, it's it's asking them what do you want. And most people can answer that question. What do you want? What specifically, what do you want for 2024 at the end of, you know, in 360 some days, what do you want your life to look like? And most people don't get asked that question. I've asked that question and I've had people cry because they just Mm. know very few people spend time on the, the long game. And, you know, I remember in in the world of coaching i had uh i paid this woman uh this coach eight thousand dollars for 52 weeks of coaching 30 minutes a week right and the question was what do you want zach and so i shut my eyes Mm. she was she would journal right and she goes what do you where do you see yourself in 10 years and i could my brain would not give me an answer in the beginning, it it's hard. It's so hard. hard. <laughs> it is like, it's give me difficult. an easier answer or an easier question. It took me months, but but it's like you know, it's like a sewage line that's been backed up. You just gotta, you just gotta keep pumping it and pumping it and pumping it and pumping it. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And then eventually, like today, it, 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 I can't shut it off. Today, I'm a dreamer. Today, you know, but it took me a good couple yeah. months to even have the capacity to see five years in the future like oh my god what could life be like in five years because i was especially when you're doing it best case scenario like when you get rid of all the negative thoughts and you're like okay best case scenario what does it look like in five years it really messes with your mind because then you start to think, man, I rarely think like right. this. I rarely think in the best case scenario. I'm always thinking of what well, that could go wrong or that could go right. wrong or, or that could go wrong. And then when you start thinking about it all being positive, you realize just how much you actually could do. Right. It's, it's a game changer, yeah. man. And so that, you know, that's, but it comes to, and then the other thing I really dealt with was as a young man and you know, I still deal with it, but I, 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 I get late more focus every day is, when, when I first started, I just wanted to make money. That was sort of my thing, right? I just, I just want to make money. I just want to, you know, very vague. And then it's like, well, you can make money in an infinite number of ways. Forex, crypto, uh, real estate, you know, uh, e-commerce. And so, you know, you talk to 12 different people. No, person one says left, person two says right, person three says up, person four says down, person five says, they're all yep. stupid, go straight. Person six says, they don't know what they're talking about, go backwards person night you know and so then you're just like oh my god just give me the answer and it's <laughs> and so what i've learned is a you can make money there's so many different ways to make money but b there's a set of principles that regardless of the industry or regardless of the task that those principles are the guiding light right and, and so i'm a big principle guy today 
and I train and develop my team on principles as opposed to, you know, saying, well, if this happens, do that. Well, here's the principle of integrity. Let me show you how I use integrity on a daily basis to make sure, right, to build trust, to, to make sales, to, to do the right thing. Well, what's the right thing? Well, it depends. Here's, here's two different examples, same situation, different, different levels of or different responses because I, I listened to what was missing, right? I listened to what was needed. And that takes experience. That's like, that takes coaching. That takes insight. That takes wisdom. And, you know, you, the only way you're going to do that is by playing, playing on the, 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 I call it the court of life. And, um, you know, and, and if you have a principle of being kind and compassionate and caring, you'll figure it out and the mistakes will get made, but they'll also get corrected and you'll make everybody whole. You'll learn from it and go on to the next one. Yeah, man, this has been such a good conversation. I, I love talks like this. I think this is what more entrepreneurs need to hear because this is how I thought 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I was like 12, I already had this kind of perspective on the world that I was just going to be different. Right. And like, I felt weird for a long time. And this is why I like podcasting so much. Cause I think putting this content out is going to reach those kind of people. Right. Um, Cause when I was like 12 or 13, telling people I want to be this type of entrepreneur and do these kind of things, I sounded crazy to everybody around right. me. And when I got older and I started going to the events, listening to the right content, reading the right books, I realized I'm not crazy at all. Like I, I actually, I got my own path. Right. So Man, I love connecting with people like you, Zach. Um, you gotta let people know where they can find you, where they can get access to your coach and all of that good stuff. Yeah, and so the best way to find me is my blog. Uh, you know, we got a bunch of different businesses and a bunch of different things going on, but my blog is sort of my my safe space to be Zach. Uh, I call IndianaOlman.com. So Indiana, like the state, I N D I A N A Olman O E H L M A N, uh, and it sort of comes from you know I have this vision of traveling the world having epic adventures like indiana jones and one day on my morning boardroom <laughs> call you know it's a team of about 30 to 60 people every day i'm like i'm, I'm like indiana Ullman, and i you know just it just you know how one thing turns in and then they i came back and they bought me a hat and a whip and made this little thing and, That's and my funny. wife's like you need a blog you got all these ideas and you need to share them with the world i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's sort of my outlet of i really uh learned to write i really enjoy writing i really enjoy the art of critical thinking i think most people um that's one of the things i think that pe people need to get developed in in this world is like the art of critical thinking and uh, that's that's how you solve problems that's how you make money that's how you can have anything you want is just to be able to critically think so that's the best way to find me I love it, man. Well, Zach, thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the show. You were an amazing guest. Thanks for having me, Chris.